Morality for us is London is a great gateway for the global scene and the international scene. But for us, our whole premise and how we design this and the content that everything we put together, it's for the UK tech sector. Probably for me, it's that the UK could take and, and has every opportunity to take a sort of leading position in deep tech and generative AI. Obviously, the funding has been lost, so we have to rebuild this. What we feel passionate about is that the programmes continue, that the insights and research continue, and also that there is a national competition for earlier stage companies. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. Are you a scaling business looking to take your financial management to the next level? Sage Intact is here to help. Sage Intact is a powerful cloud-based financial management system that delivers automation around billing, accounting and reporting. Voted market leaders by G2, Sage Intact is the ideal finance solution to scale your business. Learn more about how Sage Intact can support your growing business at www.sage.co.uk slash intact. Hello and welcome to the UKTN podcast, a weekly chat with the founders of some of the UK's high growth tech companies and other key stakeholders. In this series, we'll be exploring what entrepreneurship looks like in the UK right now, as well as getting tips from some of our most innovative business leaders and discussing the hot topics in the tech world. I'm Jane Wakefield, I'm your host, and I'm joined today by Carolyn Dawson, the Chief Executive of Founders Forum Group, a global community supporting entrepreneurs. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you, Jane. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of talking about Founders Forum, I want to start with a breaking story. And bear in mind that this is breaking for us today, and we're recording this a week ahead of our listeners hearing the pod. But later today, Chancellor Jeremy Hunt is expected to deliver his annual speech in the City of London. And he may be setting out a series of reforms, which could include a voluntary scheme for Britain's biggest pension companies to commit 5% of their investments to private equity and early stage businesses, potentially unlocking billions for startups. So can I get your thoughts on that? It sounds like a very exciting opportunity. And any other information, Carolyn, that you might have about this speech? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think this has been a a long time coming in the sense of that many in the industry have been pushing for this, have been pushing for pension reform, because actually one of the probable weaknesses for the UK has been access to larger capital and to larger growth funds. And pensions are absolutely one of the key areas for unlocking that and for us to differentiate and be able to compete against the likes of sort of North American and and major Canadian funds amongst others. So this is really, really welcome news. And I think it's, uh, it's a fabulous start. And we sort of look forward to seeing how these details unfold. And I mean, obviously, we've seen other funding coming out of government, I talked to quite a lot of companies that are using Innovate UK and funding from that. Obviously, you feel like there's more the government could do. But do you think that, you know, with this new news and what it does already, that we are going to really be able to compete, like you say, with the with the Silicon Valleys of the world? I do think it's the right step. I say this often, but I think that we have in the UK really all fantastic ingredients to have one of the leading tech sectors in the world, which we do already, by the way, but there's always, we can't sit still. This is not a sector that sits still. We always need to be on the front foot to maintain that competitive edge. And clearly we're facing probably one of the 
strongest economic headwinds compared to our sort of European counterparts. But we have access to brilliant education, really strong visa schemes that enable us to attract talent into the UK, enable us to stay on that forefront in, in particular certain tech sectors, good access to capital. And I think generally a very open and curious and supportive ecosystem for the, for the tech sector. So we do have those ingredients. Our stumbling block has been companies staying growing and really scaling those companies with ambition to, to list in the UK, to go private in the UK and to get that scale. And so this is one of the areas that, you know, it's one of the key things that could be done really to help unlock that and, and prevent that maybe final blocker. Obviously, we're also seeing from government lots of policy around tech. The online safety bill is often seen as quite world leading, although it comes also with a lot of issues and a lot of criticisms. And we've also seen government try and create policies around lots of different tech from electric cars to artificial intelligence. But actually, when I talk to some of the guests we've had on the UKTN, there's a feeling that there's too much talk and not enough action. Is that something that you would agree with? Or do you think, you know, the government has got it right when it comes to regulation and policy and setting the frameworks for these tech firms? I'm not sure that ever, even on a global scale, you're going to be able to match the pace of development of a technology sector with the pace that a government requires to make change and reform. There are just differences there. You're right, I think the online safety bill has been has taken time, absolutely. That has also been reflected through the volume of changes in government we've seen over the last few years. So what's refreshing at the moment is that we have a government that seems to be absolutely doubling down on tech, showing its commitment to technology and really focusing on how the UK can take that leading edge. And I think perhaps what we're seeing with the generative AI space and now actually how the UK wants to take that leading global voice and something as critical as generative AI, where we can see so much productivity and so much development and so much opportunity, that that's really, again, welcome news. And I think the government does have an absolute critical role to play. We do just have to find the balance between speed and pace and focusing on the regulation where it's needed and perhaps less so on where it's not needed. And are there examples of things where you think, you know, it's not needed, where, where things have been overregulated? I do think it's just it's just this balance of actually finding the right use cases and not uh, allowing as many of the good use cases as possible to enable firms to you know, enhance their productivity of their employees, to give them the skills and the tools that they need to be able to use AI in a real opportunistic and positive way for change. You know, we always need to balance it. That's the issue. Now, let's talk a bit about Founders Forum now. You've just had your annual summer event. How did that go? And, and how do you kind of judge success? What does success look like for an event of that nature? Success for us is really about bringing founders together that they can meet each other ultimately and meet others in the ecosystem. So with the venture capital firms, with the leading firms, with corporate CEOs that are potential fantastic partners mentors, acquirers of their businesses, and actually bring them together so that they build their networks and get insight that they couldn't get anywhere else that really help them accelerate their growth. And that's that's what we exist to do, really, is to support those founders to help them to thrive. And that's, I would say for us, was a huge success point this year. We had more unicorn founders than ever. 
and we had overall more founders than, than we've ever had. But we covered some amazing topics and themes and really did a lot of connections between the sort of later stage corporates with those founders too. And obviously that event was part of London Tech Week, which Founders Forum co-hosts. And when I was writing about tech for the BBC, I was often accused of being a bit London-centric because a lot of the big tech firms were based in London. But of course, there's a flourishing startup scene all around the UK. So do you think that in this day and age, London Tech Week is a bit of a misnomer? I know that Brent Hoberman, Founder Forum's co-founder, has said that he would potentially be open to making London Tech Week more of a national thing. Is that something that we can see happening soon? It depends what you see in the name, because actually the premise for London Tech Week is that it is very much open for the UK. It's about the UK tech sector on a global stage, of which London is a good international gateway, clearly. So for us, it is. And we had many, many startups and founders and larger stage companies coming through London Tech Week and meeting with lots and lots of international delegations. We had our highest attendance ever, and we had our highest international attendance ever as well. So I think the reality for us is London is a great gateway for the global scene and the international scene. But for us, our whole premise and how we design this and the content that everything we put together, it's for the UK tech sector. So did you have lots of companies in attendance that were from regional places. Yes. And you mentioned their international guests. And of course, you are expanding beyond the UK. So tell me a little bit about that, the events that you're kind of starting to run outside of the UK. Yes, I think coming back to the international delegation for London Tech Week, actually, what's been really important for those is that many of them are considering all cities across the UK to, to expand and scale. That isn't just around London. But for us, it's an opportunity to convene people together in person in one week that enables to set up those meetings and to look for those opportunities. So we hosted many sort of international delegations over the week that enable them to meet as many connections and touch points as they could to learn how they can scale and expand in the UK as they're thinking about that as a business. For us as a group, yes, we've also started to build our expansion plans and now have sort of annual flagship forums in Singapore as a gateway for Southeast Asia, Berlin, gateway for Europe, and New York, which for us is a great bridge between sort of Europe and Silicon Valley. And so actually our attendees that go to our New York event, almost 30% Europeans looking to meet sort of US VCs and vice versa, US VCs and US founders looking to meet European counterparts and think about that. And how has that kind of worked? How have those sort of international events been different from, from, from what you've run in the UK? I mean, how's it working trying to bring together often very different cultures in one event? Well, I think really what was each market's in slightly different phases and has slightly different demands. So across Southeast Asia, there's now a very large sort of focus around food tech and agri-tech and climate tech. And so actually some of the nature of the content has been different. Those companies tend to be at an earlier stage. So actually there's a bit more discussion around scaling and growth and thinking about international expansion, but actually even across those borders, it's a very diverse market, often seen as a bit singular, but but really isn't. So the actual nature of just expansion to neighbouring countries is, is a major, major theme. So it tends to be, to be honest, the natures of the themes that we alter as to where we are. But, you know, there are still constant things in the founder's mind, doesn't matter where you are in the sense of talent access to capital, thinking about that next fundraise, thinking about how they can grow and where they might grow internationally are sort of key themes that we see across everything 
geopolitics. And of course, generative AI has literally, I think, been across every single event that we've done over the last six months and will continue to do so for another year. And you you touched on there the fact that, you know, we are seeing impacts globally on the tech scene, as well as stuff that's very specific to, to individual nations. And tech companies in the UK have seen very turbulent times economically, but they've also been dealing with COVID, as has the rest of the world, and Brexit, which is very specific to, to the UK. What, out of all of that sort of maelstrom of problems, do you think has been the thing that sort of affected businesses the most? And how are you seeing businesses coping with all these different things that they have to deal with? I would say that COVID was transformative for the tech sector in the sense that actually really prior to COVID, some of the bigger technology players were having to perhaps work a little bit harder than anyone in the sector would like to sort of encourage and encompass the tech for good mantra. But I think we all saw in the pandemic how transformative and how supportive tech can be. And and there's many of us that would have had a very different journey and outcome from that experience of, of isolation and disruption had it not been for the sort of power and technology. So for a lot of companies, even facing those situations, the tech sector really showed its resilience. And there are many founders that have built their businesses and scaled, but, but no one story is sort of the same. I think we're through that now in the sense of companies being able to grow and scale. Clearly, clearly the, the main aspect now is, is that shift from, from revenues to profitability for these founders. And so for many of them, finding themselves probably in a first-time situation of really having to look at a change in their numbers and a change in their growth trajectories and costings in order to have the profile that the financial models will support and to, and to raise further funding. So that's that's the sort of larger challenge. We're sort of passionate through the Tech Nation programmes that we're redesigning and redeveloping that there is still an independent sort of voice for the founder across the UK and that we're here to support those founders in answering those needs and in bridging, if you like, the voice of the founder to government, to those that are supporting with policies or extra initiatives, much like the pension reform that's going to get announced this week. So actually it really helps those founders get through those issues. A quick message from our sponsor. Are you a scaling business looking to take your financial management to the next level? Sage Intact is here to help. Sage Intact is a powerful cloud-based financial management system that delivers automation around billing, accounting and reporting. Voted market leaders by G2, Sage Intact is the ideal finance solution to scale your business. Learn more about how Sage Intact can support your growing business at www.sage.co.uk slash intact. Now, you mentioned Tech Nation. That was quite a shock to many when that ceased operations after it lost government funding in March. And I know that you have bought the Tech Nation brand. Is there anything that you can tell us there about, you know, how... Founders Forum will work with Tech Nation. UKTN sources suggest that you could have some sort of relaunch in September. Is that correct? Is there anything you can kind of tell us about where you're going with the Tech Nation brand? We're working through the plans. I think fundamentally, obviously, the funding has been lost. So we have to we have to rebuild this. What we feel passionate about is that the programs continue, that the insights and research continue. And also that there is a national competition 
for earlier stage companies and that all of this is done for across the UK, also looking at international growth and expansion so that we can do more to help founders think about those international growth strategies. But our intention is that we're reworking through those programmes, building a team and watch this space for announcements later in the Q3. And obviously, before you, you you bought the brand, it was announced that the responsibilities that Tech Nation had had would be passed on to Barclays. What did you think about that decision? For, because for a lot of people, it was a bit of a head scratcher as to why the government had decided to sort of make that change. I think having seen what Barclays are intending to do, there is a real commitment to outsourcing those funds to lots of local partners. And I think the plans are very different to, to the previous sort of form obviously with a few exceptions around that focus to mostly out of London, a focus on still the underrepresented founders and what they can do for the earlier stage companies and how to help them scale. So I think, you know, the intentions that we've seen and many of the partnerships are being announced and and look like they're progressing at some pace, which is good news for the sector overall. And so my view is very much around a collaborative one and anything we can do to support the whole ecosystem is a good thing. Obviously, tech covers a vast gamut of different things, but are there there things, areas of technology and startups that you're particularly personally fascinated with? What what is it that's really exciting you that's coming out of of the UK? I think post-pandemic, it was really exciting to see some of the pace at which some of the med tech solutions were, were moving. And so that had felt probably a sector that was reforming slightly slower. But I think the reality has been actually this, the need has been shown. And so actually seeing some of the pace of those developments has been very exciting. Climate, clearly, you know, I think there's so much still to be done in a race against time. So as much as we can sort of do across the UK to take a lead in that, Probably for me, it's that the UK could take and and has every opportunity to take a sort of leading position in deep tech and generative AI. And I think that's the combination of making sure we're really open to brilliant talent and skilled, skilled and experienced talent coming into the UK to support, as well as homegrown. So what can we do to promote more into schools around the opportunities for STEM and technology and entrepreneurship more broadly. I would say, again, we could we could do with more reform there. And, and also just that the combination of those things, as well as us saying that we'll be a leading global voice for Gen AI and its development, its sort of regulation, should give us a real competitive advantage on the global stage, what is probably one of the most exciting opportunities for us. I guess generative AI was something that was a big discussion point at, uh, at your events. What's been the standout thing for you in terms of what's being discussed? Because sometimes it seems like we're not really getting anywhere with the discussion. It's, well, we need to be careful about this. There are lots of issues with it, but it's also very exciting. Did anything that, that happened at your events move that discussion beyond that? I think much of the sort of general press coverage has been around the replacement of sort of lower skilled work and what that means for sort of jobs. I think perhaps what for me has been more of an eye-opener is the tools and the productivity and opportunity it can provide actually at all levels. So the ability to create business plans and do really quite deep and meaningful, highly skilled work and the efficiency that could enable at every level was a bit of an eye-opener over the summer. And, and we did some workshops where people actually went away and 
and had to create sort of tools and companies using GenAI there on the spot in sort of an hour. And these were major CEOs and founders playing with the technology and, and really understanding and seeing kind of life examples of how this could transform productivity and, and help us all. In terms of gender in tech, there's always been a problem, hasn't there? Not enough female founders, not enough women joining tech firms. What are you seeing in terms of that? I'm guessing there are lots and lots of really exciting female entrepreneurs that are part of your community. But what more do you think can be done to sort of get that balance more even? With, I think there's been plenty of press around some higher profile leaders, not only in tech, coming out of roles or plenty of sort of naysayers saying, see, they couldn't have it all, etc. So I do think actually we have, in senior positions, female leaders have a real responsibility to play, to, to act as role models and to encourage and support and sponsor. And I don't just mean sort of in the sort of general sense of just mentorship, but but to really sponsor the next generation and encourage them to come forward and to build their networks with each other in, in a way that, you know, I think men do. And I think there really is a sort of responsibility around us taking the onus for that and not allowing us to take a step back post-pandemic, which I think, you know, there's lots of data sets out there really saying that we have. So I, I think it's what have we from fighting for for the last 15, 20 years, we can't let that momentum stop. Mm -hmm. And do you see a difference in how men treat these kind of networking events versus women? Because I often find that I would love to speak to female voices in my podcasts and in my articles. And often I'm given a male voice to speak to when I know that there's plenty of females that could do that job as well, if not better, but they're just not stepping forward. And I wonder if at the sort of events that you run, whether you sort of see see that same kind of dynamic happening. We do. And, and look, we try and do more around, we hosted a women in VC breakfast, because that's part of the issue is we need to have more female leaders into the senior roles to really be able to fundamentally make the difference because we're able to see it more and therefore can can enact more of the change that's required and to help encourage and champion other women to to develop their careers so we do need to do that we do do some you know we have eqr her which is our our community for female founders and female tech leaders to support each other and to network and to meet each other in the same way that lots of male peers will do more naturally or more easily and actually to encourage them to speak out and say how can i help who do you need to meet because many of us have networks and that that support and for both male, female, all the entrepreneurs that, that you that you have in your community, what is it that's really exciting you? We've talked about some of the issues that founders are facing. We've talked about how you, you want to try and help make them able to expand. We've talked a bit about funding. Ultimately, are you very optimistic that the UK tech scene is thriving and it's got everything it needs to thrive? Or is there still things that need to change? There are always things that need to change. There's always developments because the sector moves so fast. And so absolutely, we, we do need to do more to be on the forefront. I feel optimistic because I do think the UK is a brilliant place to, to launch and grow a business. I think there's the enthusiasm, the openness and the curiosity, as I said earlier. And that means the ingredients are there. It's now for us to keep encouraging the ecosystem to support each other, keep encouraging the next generation to plot that path forward. Well, 
Sadly, that's all we've got time for on this week's edition of the UKTN podcast. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for a fascinating discussion and to everybody that's listening. To keep up to date with all the latest UK tech developments, head over to www.uktech.news. Don't forget to follow UKTN on LinkedIn and Twitter, where you can also get in touch with me, at Jane Wakefield, with your comments and suggestions about the show. But until next time, it's goodbye from me. Are you a scaling business looking to take your financial management to the next level? Sage Intact is here to help. Sage Intact is a powerful cloud-based financial management system that delivers automation around billing, accounting and reporting. Voted market leaders by G2, Sage Intact is the ideal finance solution to scale your business. Learn more about how Sage Intact can support your growing business at www.sage.co.uk slash intact.